0: My friends, everywhere around the world you look, you see the destruction of our supply chains and our food supply. This is most visually uh, compelling in South Africa, where we've just seen riots that were clearly not organic. These were organized and uh, very professional targeting the supply chain and the ability of that country to continue operating using logistics and feeding itself. But the same story is playing out in many other places, often more surreptitiously, for example, in Canada, where following the Lytton fire, which destroyed 90% of that town, and perhaps you've read about the tensions between the indigenous people and so on and so forth, it's a different story, a compelling one nonetheless, Um, but what isn't being talked about is the fact that the Canadian train services have been shut down since then because they blamed the rail for that fire. And so in the wake of the fire, they just said, well, we're just gonna shut it down. We're gonna keep it shut down. It's also pretty striking that the fire support services were not called out there. You can see one fire person here saying, why, you know, they told us to be ready, but they're not calling us out. And there were other people who jumped on that thread and said, Yeah, this is really frustrating. Everyone's been told to be ready, but no one's been activated yet. So they let that fire burn, they blamed the train for it, and sure enough, then they shut down train service for the better part of a month now. There's a headline today that says that's slowly starting to come back online, but so too was there a headline in the U.S. that says now Union Pacific is shutting down its train service from the West Coast into the rest of the US so there are uh, just every day there's more and more of these throttles being uh, enacted on our supply chains and on our food production and it's the food production I want to talk about today because for more than a year now, I've been talking about the losses to soybeans and corn that have been creating this global grains crisis, and wheat has been the one thing that's been uh, the runner-up. There's still been wheat, there's still been wheat-ending stocks in a lot of the world, but now, and you know, that's why China started buying up everything they could six months ago, but now, as these droughts and floods have started to whittle away, uh, do major damage actually to the production of wheat in Almost all of the top ten exporting countries in the world. Lots of people grow wheat. That's production, but exporting it is what means that the rest of the world, which depends on importing bread, right, depends on importing that wheat from where it's grown. Uh, they're not going to have anywhere to go at this point, and so. It's that that I want to bring your attention to today because, look, there's tons of stuff that's going on now. Some of it's discouraging, like the South African situation. Some of it's encouraging, like the fact that people went out into the streets in France and protested Macron's uh, vaccine passport. Now that's happening in the UK. I'm, I'm encouraged that Macron had to back down. But this is just today's battles. These are important battles, and we have to be fighting them. But we also need to keep our eye on the ball the long game here. And the long game here is that these lockdowns are just a practice around for when the food runs out, that is the actual weapon that the cryptocracy intends to use food shortages uh, to to get the global population rolled into this great reset into their uh, next fourth industrial revolution. So that's what I want to talk about today. And like, you know, as I said, we've been talking about the soybeans and the corn for a long time. Mainstream media eventually did vindicate those reports. Like in April, this report shrinking global grain supplies don't have any hope of being replenished this year or maybe even the year after that. Maybe this is a lasting problem. Yes, indeed it is. And again, now wheat is part of it. Here's a list before we get started here of the top wheat exporting countries, lots of production. These are the ones that produce it and export it to feed the rest of the world. And we'll go down the list here, Russia, US, Canada, France, Ukraine, Australia, Argentina, Germany, Kazakhstan, uh, and, and get a sense. Those, those represent the bulk of the wheat that's available for purchase in the rest of the world. And now let's look at some headlines that affect each of those producers. Drought and heat. Of course, this is based on the USDA's data yesterday that was released on Monday. That said that the U.S. crop, as you can see here, is quite literally off the charts bad, historically bad. Hasn't been this poor since 1988. According to the USDA, 63% of the crop is rated poor to very poor. So that's why uh, the markets spiked up to two and a half month highs yesterday. Quote, unwelcome, indeed. Dry weather in key US, Canadian, and Russian, and Russia wheat growing areas is causing pressure on, uh, you know, bullish for wheat prices. So let's take a look at that. Chicago wheat futures gained on Monday, climbing to two and a half month highs, supported by dry weather in parts of the US, Canadian, and Russia growing areas raising global supply worries for wheat. Okay, this isn't Christian at the Ice Age Farmer. This is Nasdaq.com telling you that we have global wheat supply worries. Again, why is that? It's because the it's not just the US crop that's in this record terrible condition. It's also Canada, obviously, right? North America is being... Uh, crushed by this drought right now. Here from UPI. Farmers in Canada report massive crop damage in the heat wave. Now this article goes on to say that fruit was baking on the trees, berries were burnt to a crisp. Some people have reported to me that this seemed like a very unnatural kind of heat wave, almost as if the fruit were being microwaved on the trees. Far be it from me to speculate uh, well, it suffice to say, though, that the 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 crops are definitely damaged, including wheat. Here's a summary of how cu- just how quickly the condition of the Saskatchewan wheat crop and canola crop has dropped off in the last three, four weeks here from 77, good to excellent on wheat and 64% canola down to just to 25, a quarter of it of, of wheat and 18% of canola good to excellent meaning it's 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 all deteriorated rapidly the same is true in Alberta, going from poor, 84% good to excellent for wheat and 80% canola down to 39% for spring wheat and 33% for canola. So the crops, they're really plummeting in terms of their condition. That's the North America uh, crops, US and Canada. But at the same time, drought, as you can read here from asianews.it drought is hitting Russia and Central Asia, with some Russian regions in danger of losing up to half of their harvest. Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan are holding back water from their rivers to the detriment of their neighbors Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan. So they're literally, this is water wars, right? We're literally fighting over the resources, trying to be able to uh, protect our own domestic crops at the expense of the rest of the world. This is the kind of pesky nationalism that the food chain reaction game sponsored by George Soros, run by John Podesta, foresaw six years ago, when they said, we're going to have food shortages in the near future, and we need more global government. This is all part of the plan is what I'm telling you here. And this is the real threat, not just lockdowns for public safety purposes. This is why the censorship is ramping up, even on and especially and specifically on channels like this one and on Dave Dubine over at ADAPT 2030. Uh, You can see a George Soros funded group arming Vice News with uh, their their marching orders to attack these channels because now we're not just attacking Alex Jones or not even just the disinformation dozen about vaccines. Now it's climate change deniers. Indeed, now censorship applies basically to anything that is embarrassing for the government. But back to the wheat situation here Uh, in Kazakhstan, the situation for the drought is actually quite bad. Some images that you can find on social media uh, are are quite But, you know, portraying that quite obviously Kazakh social media images are ringing alarm about the drought and livestock dying off. The months long drought gripping Central Asia has turned into the catastrophe for herders without grass or fodder. Thousands of cows and horses are starving to death, just bringing in that post animal economy that the World Economic Forum has envisioned for us. And Kazakhstan has taken the step yesterday of deciding that's it we are not going to export any more animal feed we're going to hang on to our wheat never mind again here's that list never mind that we were the number 9 biggest exporter of wheat in the world now we're just trying to keep ourselves afloat and like i said when you see the bread baskets of the world the ones that are responsible f- for feeding the global population stopping their exports this means we are in a world of hurt here Okay, going on to Europe now. Everyone's been hearing about the massive floods there, hundreds of people dying in Germany, um, the historic flooding there. Uh, we're starting to get a sense now for how that's affecting the crops. Obviously it's not good, right? But but more quanti- quantitatively, how what's going on there. From Bloomberg, Europe's soggy wheat means more will end up as animal feed three weeks of relentless downpours have hurt the harvest from romania to germany to poland Uh, it's the quality that's suffering more than the size in other words the wheat's still there but it's terrible now it's not for human consumption anymore it's downgraded to relegated to animal feed just half of his crop is now good enough to make uh, bakery products compared with most of it in a normal year so of course the farmers will get less money and they'll have financial hardships but again more to the point we don't have wheat from anywhere else to replace that right we're seeing we go down the list here that's russia u.s canada now we're hitting europe france and ukraine ukraine had a bumper crop this year although they're having logistical issues due to lockdowns and other supply chain difficulties and container shortages that are hampering them from actually getting that bumper crop out to the rest of the world so this is it's it's amazing it's by design It is a confluence of the natural cycles, the grand solar minimum, these precipitative extremes, drought and flooding that we have expected, that we've been talking about for years due to the low solar output, but no doubt amplified by the geoengineering, the weather warfare, silent weapons for quiet wars. How can you even tell where one begins and one ends? I, I, I don't think you can. That's why it's just, it's, these things are being used in concert. You know, they're using their weapons to exacerbate the naturally- Uh, problematic growing seasons in times like this. And Germany, we just said, Argentina, though, South America, um, we've we've talked about in the past, is in a massive drought. That's why they're having trouble with their soybeans. They couldn't get their soybeans out of the ground. That's interfered with their saffron crop uh, in Brazil as well. And as I've mentioned in a previous report, that drought has become so extreme that the rivers have gone to such a low level that they can't even float barges out anymore. So here today from Reuters, Argentina is urging people to save water. The river is at a 77 year low. And obviously this this is not going to bode well for their crops either. They're also having some cold weather spells down there right now, because it's winter. Uh, and that's why um, on top of that, whatever they were able to harvest, whatever they could float on those partially loaded barges, was then there were labor strikes that kept them from getting grains onto the boats and out to the rest of the world. So again, if it's not one thing, it's another, or it's the shipping container shortages, or uh, it's just stunning the extent to which our supply chains have been disrupted. And it's all a cascading series of failures. And it's coming home to roost real fast now. And wheat, ladies and gentlemen, let us just remind ourselves, wheat is a bellwether for historically for famine for starvation and when we're seeing a wheat shortage globally this is a situation we need to pay attention to um china obviously like i said before saw this coming they were ahead of the game they were frantically buying up all of the wheat that they could from the united states earlier this is only in april that this was announced no march and um it, around that time they were saying oh we can't seem to get any more corn or soybeans so we're going to reformulate our animal feed and start using wheat instead and they started ravenously buying up all the wheat they could get u.s white wheat was being snapped up by china and of course united states more than happy to sell off the food we do have what are the effects that this is having now that there's a global grain shortage including wheat well it's as designed uh that means farmers and ranchers and we talked about this before we anticipated this can't afford to feed their animals anymore from Bloomberg sky high feed prices are pushing dairy farmers over the edge and what happens instead mega dairies right these big corporate behemoths that have the capital to sustain themselves through these kinds of economic hardships while family-owned farms and smaller farmers and ranchers go out of business, small operators struggle to survive. So this is exactly the outcome they were hoping for achieved by, uh, by the technocrats. And then also more to the point, global meat demand is under threat as meat prices are surging. This is basically saying that people can't afford to buy meat anymore. In the U.S., sales of meat at grocery stores are double digits down 12% year over year. In Europe, it's fallen a percent. In Argentina, it's down 4% in 2020. In fact, for many people, quote, meat has become a luxury. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have the political capital, to roll through those meat taxes, those luxury taxes that they were talking about a few years ago, they couldn't quite pull that off. So they just caused food crises so that farmers and ranchers can't even afford to feed their animals. And that way the meat prices go up so high, no one can even afford it. That's where we are now. Quote, with what I spend today, I don't even bring back half of what I used to. I used to buy chickens. Now I maybe have half a chicken. It's a luxury now. And enter in Bill Gates' fake meat and all these things. You can see they're whittling away at people's diets, and what they're used to eating. Uh, All of this also, you know, is constrained by the fact that we don't have chips. And there's increasing stories, I'm getting lots of buzz from farmers, and from people in the supply chain, people within John Deere, who say, you know it's it's we're not getting our parts in i can't uh, repair people's tractors my combines not running i'm having to use one machine to do a task that it's not designed for and that's going to make the other machines break down so we're, we're a lot of people are operating on borrowed time right now using their combines to mow the lawn you know like just weird things because they can't get the right parts and so they're abusing the equipment they do have which of course is you know you can only do that for so long before you completely break all of your machines down. Uh, So here from Hooger Ag Today, Hoosier Ag Today, the biggest factor impacting the ability of US farmers to produce food has nothing to do with the weather doesn't have anything to do with the markets. It's the shortage of chips worldwide that will impact all aspects of agriculture for the next two years and beyond. So now we have shrinking global supplies of grains with no hope to rebuild in the future, we have chip shortages that are meaning equipment is breaking and unable to get back in the fields farmers don't have the 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 supplies they need to to grow food. And even if they did, they don't have the ability to ship it because trains and shipping are all breaking down. So this is a really an escalating situation. And I know you know that I know I've been covering this for some time, but I did want to just give a quick update today. To make sure we had visibility into the fact that this hasn't stopped in fact that it continues to accelerate and you need to be doing everything you can every day both to fight off the encroaching tyranny and this medical tyranny that's going on that has obviously that has to be stopped before they just kill off the entire world population but also to be positioning ourselves to weather this next storm the food shortages and the control measures they will institute during those to bring in the rest of their agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for watching. You can find this report and all my reports on iceagefarmer.com. I also need your support. As I mentioned, there is uh, a, a lot of friction being introduced into my efforts to bring you this information, okay? So if there's stuff like this going on, publications, putting out hit pieces against Ice Age Farmer, and that's all above the water, there are also things going on below the surface that I cannot talk to you about. And that's very frustrating for me when I started this channel to just have a completely authentic conversation about what's going on to just be able to sit down and have a a one on one conversation about the threats facing our families. And now the channel has grown to, you know, 250k subscribers on YouTube, which is fantastic. It's a it's a very meaningful and significant milestone to me. And I'm incredibly grateful to you because that means you've shared these videos you've passed on the word we've, we've had this conversation together but it's a bittersweet milestone also because all of a sudden I'm attracting attention I'm getting legal pressures from uh, people and organizations that I've mentioned in these videos saying that I'm using I'm abusing the power of this broadcast to y- y- inflict damage on them so now all of a sudden there are things I can't talk about and i have to leave it at that that there are also attacks happening underneath the surface and if i talk about them at all then apparently i'm i'm using the power of this platform to to attack people so there are now things i can't even mention here and it's chiefly around uh how people are attacking this broadcast and trying to keep me i'm trying to move hosting providers now cuz people have used cancel culture to try and get me deplatformed so lots going on behind the scenes uh it's not going to stop me and uh it is worth mentioning though i'm not saying that to complain i'm saying that because it's a data point you need to know i feel i feel you should know that that's how far the censorship has gone you've got the th- you know the federal government saying that we need to deplatform these disinformation agents that's that's you know th- that was a guy who just a couple years ago i was one dude talking about solar cycles and aquaponics and all of a sudden now I have the federal government saying we need to be shut down. Okay, that's that's how fast this has happened. I'm not complaining, just telling you how it is. So I appreciate your support and I need your support more than ever and you can do that a few different ways at iceagefarmer.com/support. For now, let's keep growing our gardens and raising our animals and teaching our kids how to do the same thing so that we can get to that future on the other side of this engineered series of crises once we throw these tyrants off our back. Thanks for watching. Be well.